0: Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to stylesmartva.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. Style Smart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Hi friend! If you find yourself scratching your head wondering why your salon career isn't what it should be, this podcast is for you. If you have general interest in topics related to hair care, health, and the beauty industry, this podcast is for you. If you want to feel empowered and in control about the future of your or your client's hair, this podcast is for you. If you find yourself feeling overwhelmed with the enormous amount of hair products available and have no clue how or when to use them, this podcast is for you. Friends, this podcast is where I attempt to use my expertise behind the chair to bridge the gap between confused consumers and the hustling hairstylists ultimately creating more great hair days for everyone. My goal here is to entertain and inform, maybe even delight, as you journey with me through the ins and outs of everything hair. Welcome to the Your Hair Mentor Podcast, where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. Hey there, friends, welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, and this week I have another interview for you, and this one's coming to you from a friend of mine that I actually met through a business class, Um, and her and I and a few other hairstylists just kind of hit it off, and so we have become kind of our little accountability pod together, but she's got some interesting stuff she's been working on. But specifically, the reason why I wanted to bring her on today is to talk about the topic of client shaming. I've seen more and more of it on social media, and it honestly pisses me off. I really think it is not... Classy, it's not kind, I don't enjoy it, and although there may be tiny pieces of me that think sometimes some of the things they're saying are funny, it's only because they're relatable, but they are never things I would repeat. So Macy had posted something. That's who my friend is, Macy. Um, She had posted something on her social media about client shaming. And I've kind of been thinking about this myself. Like I I see posts from other Instagram influencers that are hairstylists, and I'm just kind of like, "Mm, disagree. And at some point I knew I'd start talking about it, but I saw her post about it and I was like, you know what? we need to have a conversation. So anyway, so I brought her in, we had a great interview and I will get to it in just a second for you. But, um, I wanted to share this one because I feel like as your hair mentor, I'm trying to, as I say, bridge the gap between confused client and hustling hairstylist. Right. And I feel like something like client shaming is just going to keep that gap wide right it's going to keep more dissonance between the two and we don't want that and so i do feel like this is applicable for hairstylists obviously, but I think it's also something that clients need to understand is happening. And you may have noticed as a client, something like this has happened before where you, you know, hear another hairstylist next to you talking about their client that just left or something. And you're thinking, gosh, are they talking about me like that when I leave? So I think it's definitely relevant for everybody. And I hope everyone gets a little something out of this conversation and that we can stop the client shaming because it is not cute okay so without further ado let's jump into my interview with Macy all right well um I guess we can just go ahead and okay. jump on in here so thank you so much for doing this with me um I wanted to have you on my podcast for a while and it's just been like you know time goes by and we chat and then I'm like oh we didn't schedule anything so I know I know yeah it's, yeah. it's life I know, right? And then um, I saw that post that you made that we'll talk about in a second. That I was like, "Ooh, we need to we need to dive into this a little bit more because <laughs> I am right there with you." So um, first, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and like where you're at and who you are? Who are you, Macy? Yeah.
1: yeah so I'm Macy. I um, like professionally, I was behind the chair for 17 years, and I did commission. I had like my own like kind of sweet place, uh, booth rent. I worked as a director for a cosmetology school and handled their marketing. Um, so I've done a little bit of everything educated for a national brand and I stepped away in at the end of 2020. That's when I, I stepped away from the chair to do marketing full-time. I'd been doing some on this side for about three years prior to that. So I've been doing it for about five years now. Um, and you know, it was like yeah, 2020, I think was like, it was just like a big, like, it, I think it forced a lot of us into like big changes. For sure. And there were things like happening in my personal life that made my time, not a hundred percent mine anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of precipitated some changes and, um, while I'll say like deciding to step away from the chair, it wasn't an easy choice, but I never, um, I was never that stylist who was in love with hair. You know what I mean? Like I did it because I enjoyed it and I was good at it. Mm -hmm. But what I found is like, what I enjoy about working with salon owners and marketing is exactly the same thing that I liked about being behind the chair. And I think I just kind of like helping people and making people feel good about how they look. And so with salon owners and stylists, it's just how you look online instead of, you know, how you look, walking your kids into school or whatnot.
0: Right. Right. You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of us, uh, how long were you shut down for in the pandemic? Like when you were non-essential down.
1: So I'm in Indiana and it was not that long, but it was still, I think it was five weeks. Okay. Which was yeah. a significant amount of time. I have four kids at home and we started spending all that time together. And then, so, I mean, that was part of the thing, my time not being my own. And then, uh, my dad has some health challenges and, mm. You know, that it's kind of, it's, I wouldn't say it's fallen on me, but I've taken it on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I know for
0: me in Nevada here, we were closed for four months and that was the longest, even including childbirths. That was the longest I had been away from my business in my entire adult life. And I found it was the only time I've ever stepped back to actually figure out like what brings me joy. You know what I mean? Like I had like a moment to breathe and be like, okay, what am I doing? And I I feel like a lot of people did that at that time.
1: Yeah, same. You know, I I say five weeks, but after I had my first daughter, I went back to work four weeks later. Mm -hmm. And you know, my other my you know I have four kids Mm -hmm. and relatively easy pregnancies and births, so it was never a big deal for me to jump right back in. I was ready. not necessarily like full time, but I was, I was ready. I was ready to get back there and get back at it. So yeah, but it had been a decade, It's been a decade since I'd had that long off. So it was a real eye opener. Interesting. Yeah.
0: No. Um, okay. So cool. So then you started coaching. What does that look like? Exactly. I've, I've seen you talk about that on your social media where you have like a salon client for the day?
1: Like walk me through what that is. Yeah. So I work with people in a lot of different ways. Uh, I have clients that are like long-term clients that I stay with monthly and I'm basically, I'm, I'm doing their social media for them. Now we connect every once in a while, but I'm, I'm doing all the day to day. I'm putting the posts out there and all of that. And then I have other clients and these tend to generally be like salon owners who, need marketing. They don't have the time. They don't also have the funds to bring somebody on. And that, when I talk with salon owners, that it's like dream level to hand off all of the social media. Yeah. Um, but I work with people. I, I call it a VIP day. Basically I meet with you for a day and I gather a ton of information. And then a couple weeks later, I come back to you with a marketing plan. So it's strategy and everything. It's like, so it's basically you have a lot of decisions made for you in advance. And I just work two weeks constantly on that. Sometimes it's longer depending on what their needs are, but that's just everything I'm doing because my, my day-to-day clients, I have systems set up. So like it doesn't take me long to manage my day-to-day clients. So I have large amounts of time to commit to putting together somebody else's plan over the course of a couple of weeks.
0: Gotcha. So then you come back to that like VIP client that you essentially had a coaching session with. And then do you come in with like framework for them where like, here's what you're going to do for the next, like until eternity, like a formula they follow, or like, how do you
1: Yeah. So most of those clients, and and again, it's a little bit different, but they want something that's really structured. So like I'll do the most common thing is four posts a week. Mm. So we'll have it mapped out for the whole year, four posts a week with, this is the subject. This is what you're going to have on your visuals. This is the kind of salon value that you want to highlight in this. And here's a detailed caption prompt. Mm. So that's what they see when they go to make a post every day, and then we go over things like let's set up some systems in your business so that you're not searching for videos, so that you're not searching or you know trying to get stuff from your stylists, because um, so often what happens is like a salon owner, you know, when I worked in my uh, the last salon I was at was a commission salon, and you know my owner was always like, hey guys, I need you to send me your pictures, I need to send me your pictures. And what happens is nobody ever sends pictures, (laughs) nobody ever sends videos. And then she was trying to scramble and get everything together. And what I found is so much easier is like, instead of, Hey, Macy, send me some pictures is Hey, Macy, I noticed you've got Kara on your books for a highlight on Wednesday. I need you to take before and after pictures of Kara. And I've booked five extra minutes on that appointment for you. So just setting up like little things like that and allowing giving the owner clarity so that she can give clarity to her stylists usually. Mm. And that's a lot of times that like kind of missing link. And then even if you were an independent stylist, it's, you know, easy enough to see how you can apply that to yourself. Just if you're looking out for the month ahead and you're like, I've got highlights, well, that I want to post about, well, I've got highlights coming into my chair this week. And so I'm going to make sure I get some pictures of that so that I have them for next month. You, know, Marketing for me is like, I hear these
0: things and I'm like... Duh, <laughs> but it's not a natural thing for me to think about as like an individual stylist, you know, running my own suite and my space. Um, I don't think of these kind of things, right? So for me, I'm the scrambler. I'm like last minute, like um, I gotta post something on social media, so I'm like scrolling through my like photos and videos that I just haphazardly took with no rhyme or reason. I'm just like, oh, this is pretty. I'm gonna take some pictures wow. of it. Yeah. Um, I never have ever thought about that ahead of time, like oh, I'm going to look at so-and-so and I'm going to make sure to set some time aside to take photos of that person so that I can use it for this. But it makes so much sense. I It well, blows my I mind. And I would say,
1: like, I don't think that there, I think that there are no secrets to like social media. There's no like, there's no like real like hacks or anything like that. It's just, it's like systems and processes. Totally. Everybody who you see really being successful on social media and I say success for me has to define, like it has to be, it has to feel good for the person doing it. So everybody who's being successful on social media just has the systems and processes. That's the only difference is the only difference. It's so true. I, so, um, we met
0: in a class together. For anyone mm-hmm. that is curious, uh, that had to do with like some marketing stuff too. And once I started learning about this stuff and realizing that some of the like big names out there, even just in the hair industry, follow like a, a recipe for their social media posts. Like there's different flavors of social media posts, right? Like this one's like a behind the scenes, and this one's a I'm gonna show you something, and this one's funny. I started seeing this pattern emerge and. Everyone's social media, where I'm like, oh my God, I see it everywhere now. And like, as a consumer, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't feel like I was being fed some like, you know, regimented recipe of stuff. It just was like appealing and it made sense. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, how have I, how did I not see this as the consumer? It's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, And like, I can see how if you have a system set up, it would just make it so easy, you know? That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Well, and I always say, I think the hardest part about social media is when you were talking about like doing it on the fly. And actually I just did a reel about this this morning that went uh-huh. on, but that like that doing it on the fly, like that feels hard because you're having to make so many choices right at that moment. Totally. Yeah. And for a lot of people, like, um, like if you're that person that somebody says, where do you want to go eat? And you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's because there's too many choices Yes. Or if somebody says, Do you want to go out for Italian or do you want to get burgers? Like that starts to get much easier.
0: So true. So true.
1: It's just, it feels so hard because it's not just, what am I going to post about? It's what's the picture going to be? Or am I going to do a picture? Is it going to be a video or is it going to be a carousel? Or are we going to be doing like a, you know, a post that just has some like glitteries floating around with some text on the screen, like having to make all of those decisions at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm yeah it's and this is also specific for like businesses especially like if for my personal um instagram page it's like anything that inspires me you know what i mean i'm like oh like this is cute boop and take a picture of yeah. it it doesn't need to have a purpose or a rhyme right. or a reason and i think when we have a business where we're trying to like portray uh something or you know like gain customers attention then there needs to be a system and a process and i feel like I follow a lot of hairstylists on social media now, um, that I can tell they're doing the, like, just, Oh, I'm going to take a picture of something cute. Eat, You know what I mean? Like there's no rhyme or reason to it at all whatsoever. It doesn't like serve their audience. It doesn't really do anything. And I'm like, huh, okay. This isn't useful (laughs) for anyone. That's
1: like, I call it, that's just like, that's like hamster wheel stuff. Like I'm doing it to do it. I said I was going to do it and I'm going to do it. And that's not a bad place to start, but it's not a place you want to stay.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So then, um, so you've got these like VIP days for Mm -hmm. salon owners. So it's basically like one-on-one coaching sessions. And then you have, um, your clients or your customers where you're taking care of their full
1: programming for them. Um, but I know you're working on something else. What else are you doing? So it's really, it's to just show salon owners and independent stylists specifically. I wouldn't, I would not say that this is probably best suited for, a commission stylist, unless you're planning to make an exit within the next couple of years. Um, but it's really designed for owners or people who are really in charge of their own stuff to learn how to do that VIP day stuff by themselves. And it just walks them through the process that I generally do work in like two weeks, day and night, but it's really, it's spread out over about five weeks just walking through the process. And what it starts out is it's a lot of decisions and it's a lot of brainstorming. Okay. And then kind of, as you move through everything, it gets much easier because then it's like, okay, so this is everything we have. Let's put it together and then let's learn how to break it down for the clients. Let's set up some systems and some processes to make sure that we can do this. And the end goal is that every, in, in kind of like in a rotating fashion, you as the salon and salon owner work for two weeks to create a 30 post, mm. which would roll out over the next six weeks. So you work for two weeks and then take a four week break. Mm. Wow. If you follow that, you can work for two weeks, gathering information and using as much of your resources as you have available. And then everything's just going to post, but you get, you get to take breaks from it.
0: Right. That sounds so appealing,
1: (laughs) you know, as someone that's
0: like, um, one woman show for everything right now, like at some point, like you said, pipe dream, I would love to be able to hand off things to people. But right now that's just not feasible unless someone wants to work for free. I'll put that out there right now. If anyone wants to come in, I'm here. Um, but having something like that would make life so much easier because yeah, I literally am like. Oh shoot. I didn't post today. You know, I got to post something. And I have a few, like, I have like a folder in my phone. That's like ideas. You know what I mean? So I have these things kind of like saved, but there's no like organization or anything. So I'm just like shooting from the hip, like whenever I can sit down and, um, you know, kind of be on my phone for 10 minutes.
1: That's so, I I would say that that's normal. Yeah. But maybe we don't want to be normal. Right. No, because
0: because I think it is, but the people that I feel like have, it at least it looks like they're doing really well on the outside, they have a huge following. They're like um, stylists doing their like educational tours. They have all these things that I feel like I aspire to be they obviously have a formula and they have a system. And I feel like those that succeed all do that. Even if it's like color by Carlos, who's just a comedian, like he has a system and a rhythm to when he posts and what he posts about. And so I'm like, I bet you anything. He plans this stuff out way in advance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating. Cool. So you're going to have that available to people to kind of like, is it going to be like drip content? Like they sign up for something and then it's like they're, stuff is delivered to them for five weeks in a row. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll drip out. It comes out. Um, so I have a small group that I'm taking through right now just to kind of work out some of the kinks. Um, I have a small number of people working through that and I drip out a lesson on Sunday night. It gets delivered and Monday afternoon. Then we meet for about a 15 to 30 minute zoom, just to answer any questions that they might have because it really is work at your own pace. And even a lot of the times, especially in that, the first couple of weeks, which is so much in your head mm-hmm. because it's, it is, it's making a lot of choices. I say you need to work and then you need to take a break for 24 hours and then come back. Like, do not try to do this all at once. You'll, you'll burn your brains. <laughs> you'll be scrambled. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of how it works. And then at the end of it all, you know, review everything with you, answer any questions and help you figure out like what kind of tweaks you need to make it right for your business. Okay.
0: Do you get people together in like groups? Um, so you do these Zooms like as a group or like individual Zooms?
1: Right now it's individual zoom. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm dealing with people in three different time zones.
0: Oh uh, yeah. That's kind of difficult as we yeah, have found so that. I'm on
1: Eastern and so I've yeah. got one person on Eastern and then I've got somebody on Central and I've got somebody on Pacific. Yeah. So I gotcha. would, in an ideal world, yes, everybody mm-hmm. all at once, but yeah. not right now.
0: I imagine in the future, you might want to have like some sort of a um, community or like membership kind of group where people can go have like social media support group, <laughs> you know, yes. like, hey, I'm not doing really well with this kind of post. Can anyone give me some ideas on this? Because I feel like that that would be super valuable, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. It's cool. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some point.
0: Uh huh. So do you have any idea how soon you will be launching this to the world?
1: So it should be the end of February. Oh, I had initially planned on the end of January, like, as I mentioned with like, with my dad's health, we had some, you know, over the holidays, things just got crazy. And it made it just, I just had to put a few things on the back burner really, um, and I was it's kind of funny because like everything's done. This is everything I've been doing for clients for a couple of years now. It's just trying to make it consumable and digestible for somebody else to read because I've got my process down pat, but right. I mean, you know, explaining somebody to somebody else, how to do your own process.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. It's
1: a lot of busy work. Yes, yes, yeah. And then I think we
0: don't realize how much, like um, I've done this with small classes too, where it's like you're delivering information, but then you're doing a lot of this talking also to go with it. So it's like supplementing what you're handing people or showing people and you don't realize how valuable that extra talking is. And so you have to figure out how to add in, it's like that little bit of coaching throughout all those lessons so that they can like hear your voice, you know? Yeah. And
1: then also trying to keep track of all the things that I forget that people don't know.
0: Yes. Because
1: I'm in marketing all the time now. Like that's all I'm doing now. It's not like before when I was hair and marketing, like this is all I do. And so I, sometimes I forget about stuff. Oh,
0: I've had that experience before just in hair, right, where I've had yeah. apprentices working for me and I'm just, I'm teaching and I'm, I'm like instructing as I'm going along, thinking I'm covering everything and then the apprentice is like, oh, why did you cut that piece right there? And then I'm like, oh, okay, wait, I, we got to go like five steps back. <laughs> You know, yeah. I like, totally forgot that like they didn't even know that little piece of the puzzle that to me is like second nature and I don't even think about it. So I'm sure there's a lot of that with what you're doing. Like to me, those little things are going to be like mind boggling with marketing. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. You know, wait, tell yeah. me more about that. Yeah. So yeah, like I said before, like the whole thing is just so fascinating to me. And I understand why businesses have entire marketing departments too. Like social media stuff is, it's such a small piece of the puzzle too. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm happy that you're doing something like this. And I will probably be signing up for your course because I'm like, obviously I need some systems and some processes and time. Like I would love to have some time back that I know I'm spending on this that I don't need to be.
1: Yeah, and I always that for me is, and I I don't know if it's, it, it wasn't always this way, and it might be because my kids are getting older, and I'm really understanding this time is a thief thing, you know. Um, my oldest turns eighteen this summer, which is bizarre. I know, right? It's oh not, my gosh, it's super not cool. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I just do not. I have. Because I have sat at my kids' games working on my client social media. And mm-hmm. I've done it, and I've sat there, um, you know, at practices and rehearsals, working on my own. And um about eighteen months ago, I just was like, "I am not doing that anymore." And I've really got to like buckle down, really systematize things, really make all of this like slick. Because I, I want to protect as much white space on my calendar as I possibly can. And if I want that for myself, I cannot be a hypocrite and like over prescribing what people should be doing on their own social media, just to make it seem like what I'm offering is more valuable. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I I think a lot of times we're oversold. Mm -hmm. We're oversold. If you listened to anybody talking about digital marketing 18 months ago, and I'm guilty of this, I made this post, 14 to 21 posts a week for growth. Wow, that's crazy. Right? (laughs) I bought into it, I repeated it. And like, I'm here to say, like, that is false. Mm -hmm. Like That is false. I dialed back my clients and I said, let's do three or four. We saw no changes, mm. no negative changes, and only positive changes for them personally. Mm. Man, that resonates with me
0: so much. I'm so I'm good about not like personally consuming social media. I'm really I'm not that yeah. I think if I wasn't trying to run a business, I don't think I would be on it most of the time because yeah. um, I feel like it's definitely a time suck for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you I hate and love TikTok so much there's been so many times I'm just like oh I'm just gonna look really quick and then I come out of it like what happened it's been an hour you know what I mean I hate that right Mm -hmm. um but I make excuses when it's business stuff right so same thing we'll be like somewhere with the kids and I have my phone out and I'm like quote unquote working because I'm like trying to make a social media post that I didn't do an hour ago. Cause I was making them breakfast. So now I'm like, well, I have to do it now. And then I'm like, but now I'm not paying attention to them doing their things. And yeah. like, this is not great
1: either. And all they see is me and my phone. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah.
0: And when you're like a business
1: owner, you do get kind of, it is easy. You're right. It is easy to put that phone down for personal reasons. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm actually scrolling for inspiration, which is a real thing. Yes. hundred percent. And like, an hour goes by like it was nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, yes. I had this girl, um, a local Reno girl that is, I don't actually know what she calls herself, but she basically takes care of people's social media for them if you mm. want her to do that. Um, I don't know if she has much of a system and a plan more. Yeah. She just will, like, post things for you. Yeah. But um, I was paying her for a short period of time to just do engagement on my social media. Oh, and so she would go and just basically find new people for me and mm-hmm. engage with them and then um you know follow and unfollow it seemed like a really simple thing but the reason i bring this up is she's like oh it's so easy for me crystal i'm like what do you mean she's like i set a timer 15 minutes and I get on and I'm just like boop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop, 15 yep. minute timer goes off, I turn it off and that's it. So she's like, she has multiple clients where she does those 15 minute increments every day for a week, yeah. right? And what's funny about that is like, when she was doing that, I actually saw a lot of growth and I'm like, her engagements were not even like anything. To me, I feel like when I'm engaging with someone, I actually have to be like heartfelt and like honest, which is what you want. Yeah. but she's just liking things, you know what I mean? But yep. 15 minutes of like not getting sucked into scrolling. Um, she's not trying to be inspired. She's just focused on
1: engagement yeah. and it was huge. Yeah. I was like, Man. when I want it from now on, like when I want to do that now, I always make sure mine's at my desktop. I ah. do it from my desktop. I'm much more efficient that way. And so I do, That's I do interesting. Like, hmm. I do like Instagramming on desktop for work. Oh, I hate
0: using Instagram on my desktop. It's not made for desktops. Like, no, so it's, it's like not, clunky, It's clunky, but that's probably a good thing because then you're not like sucked in like you would be on your phone with that easy little thumb swipe, yep. you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of clever. I like that actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's well, not as addictive on desktop.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, cool. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about on here, um, the juicy stuff, I feel like speaking of scrolling and all this other stuff, I have seen this kind of attitude emerge in our industry and it drives me bananas. I hate it. Uh, and the attitude is these hairstylists that are like, they seem like their clients are like invaluable. Right. And they, they're almost like, Ugh, whatever, I don't need that person. I'll get 10 more clients just like them. And cool. then with that attitude comes uh, this like client shaming, which is something that you, you brought up the other day. And I was like, ooh, I want to talk to you about that a little bit more. So I'm not going to say I've never done it, right? I've been in the industry for over 20 years and I've had lots of break room conversations with people where maybe there was someone that I'm just like frustrated with. And it's because I had a hard time communicating with my client and couldn't figure out what their wants and needs and desires were. And so then instead of realizing I need to try to work with this person, or maybe we don't jive together. It was like, I wanted to just vent to someone. So it was in the break room. It wasn't recorded. It wasn't said to anyone else. And it was like, I'm just frustrated with this person. Right. And now... These hairstylers are doing this on social media because they think it's funny. Mm-hmm. And like maybe it's a tiny bit funny, but it's mostly super rude and I, I I'm curious what you what you have to say about this cuz I know my thoughts on it. But tell me tell me your thoughts on this this client shaming um culture that seems to be emerging.
1: Yeah. So I think that you're totally right. I think it starts in that break room, it starts mm-hmm. in that back room. And you know, I say, if you need to have that discussion, that's a great place to leave it. But then it's like, are you taking it a step further and you're putting it out there online, even in private groups, right? Because like it feeds it, it feeds Mm -hmm. it. And then that does, I think then it leads to past. They're almost always, I never see anybody come out and be like straight up rude about clients, like in their public personas. Right. Mm-hmm. So like they're professional Instagram, professional Facebooks, but I see a lot of stuff. It's just like passive aggressive. It's backhanded. It's even, um, I think most of the time people think it's funny, mm-hmm. like they're just doing it. They're like, and it's because their clients are doing something they want them to stop doing. Yes. And they're like, I'll just make a joke out of it. Right. And they think um, I, they're
0: doing it for the likes. That has to be it, right? Like they think I that think it's going to so. get them attention.
1: And it does from hairstylists yeah. who don't sit in your chair, who don't pay your bills, Yes, actually would rather have your clients, you know, everything mm-hmm. on the table. Like you don't want your clients, I'll take them. Exactly. I know that that's the part I don't understand is like,
0: you think you're being funny, but like to me, anytime anything is put into the internets yeah it's available for anyone to find and see and so like if you're okay with your client that you're making fun of seeing that video or all of their friends seeing
1: that video then okay put it out there but like in fact so i am in a uh an industry uh group for a brand and uh it, it was it's for owners that carry this particular brand in their salon and somebody commented that the the group wasn't private. And so somebody had posted about an experience with the client and they gave enough details about it. And they, I mean, they really had kind of bad mouth this client and people saw it because mm-hmm. she was friends with some of her clients. Like it got out there. Yes. Um, and, but it is, it's for the likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, And it's it's chasing this like social media fame and fortune that. Right. That's going to put their
0: business in the toilet because then you're going to have no clients. And imagine, I know clients have said this personally too, where I've been in a salon and they overheard another stylist telling another client about a client. It was like they were venting to their client about, like, oh my God, this girl that was just in here, can you believe this? And my client looking at me and being like, I would be so concerned that as her client, like she's going to turn around and talk shit about me to the next client. Like, that's just not okay. And like, I completely
1: agree. Like, there's no reason to do that at all whatsoever. It's so unprofessional. Well, and you know, I say we're in the beauty industry and that's ugly behavior.
0: Ooh, I like that. You know, it's like, I don't want ugliness.
1: You you don't want ugliness associated with your brand. Ugliness (laughs) ugliness inside, like really you don't want ugliness inside. Mm. And sure. Is there going to be a client who thinks it's funny? Yeah, probably. But I also guarantee it. It's probably not your favorite client. Sure. The clients who are going to like that are probably not the clients that you really enjoy working with. Or, you know, you'll have some of your like friend clients who they do understand how this kind of stuff really affects you. And so they'll be like on it for you, but they're, they're not the clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I think it's not worth it. It's a really, really risky gamble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will just be like, Oh, it's just kind of like a negative vibe. Or you've just made people feel uncomfortable.
0: Right. You know,
1: and then they feel nervous about coming to you the next appointment, which has them thinking, like, well, you know, I I like my hair, but I don't know if I love my hair. And yeah. so it does not take much, especially, I mean, right, like recession, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking for something yes. to either get more value for the money that they spend. Or to get the same thing for a lesser amount, they're just they're looking for that more value um, option, and right. You don't want to give them reason. You don't want to give them a real reason to look somewhere else.
0: Totally, totally. No, I I love that that you just said that it's ugly behavior, and we're in the beauty industry. And to me, it's also like um, I try to be classy in my business, right? Like I will definitely drop F-bombs and say inappropriate things that a 12-year-old boy would love in my personal life. Oh, yeah. But in my professional life, it's like I get into work and I like put on my professional crystal hat and I'm not going to be dropping F-bombs. I'm going to be classy, right? Because yeah. I, I want to uh, have like the same persona per se for my 80-year-old clients or my 18-year-old clients, you know what I mean? Like I am professional crystal fits into this whole thing. And like trash talking people is not classy behavior. To me, like that fits into the stereotypical trashy hairdresser behavior that I know so many of us are trying to like get away from, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, There's been, and as I'm sure you can see this like push in our industry for probably like the last 10 years um, to like truly elevate the career because I know when I first started it was like almost like a joke that I was a hairstylist, right? Oh, like I'd yeah. meet meet new people in a social setting and they'd find out I was a hairstylist and it was like, "Oh, that's cute. Good for you, honey." You know, yeah. kind of this like condescending like, "Oh, okay, well maybe you'll grow up someday and do something real." Yeah. Um but in the last like decade or so people in general, like the general public, I think, understand that you can make a good living as a hairstylist. And so now I feel like I meet people and I'm like, oh, I'm a hairstylist. And they're like, ooh, it's like this like sexy, interesting career, right? Like, ooh, that's fun. Good for you. Oh, what do you specialize in? Right. Mm -hmm. And so the industry is being elevated. And so I hate this trashy behavior that like keeps it low and keeps it um, cute you know, and I just, I, I'd see that and I want to be like, no, stop it. You are not yeah. the same as me. We are not on the same trajectory. I hate that I get lumped in with behavior like that, you know? Yeah.
1: Just yeah. Makes- I agree. It's just, you know, leave it in, I just leave it in the break room. Right. Right. And, um, if you don't ever want it repeated, don't put it in writing. Exactly. And video you know, even accounts. talking the about same. these like private stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I know. And there are some like um, big name influencer hairstylists that are like coaching people by this kind of behavior too. Um, And I so badly, like I'm probably going to at some point start calling them out. I've started a folder on my social media, like um, you know how you can like save posts or whatever. I have a saved folder just called disagree. (laughs) And I'm like, I see stuff that I'm like, Mm-mm, disagree, disagree. And I'm like, at some point, I'm going to have some rebuttals. I haven't like got the cojones yet to do it because I know there's going <laughs> to be some backlash. But I'm like, OK, so for example, this one gal had a post, I don't know, two weeks ago. And it was like a, a carousel of um, photos that just had writing on it. And the first one, so the one that everyone sees is like, my client... Um, why why I charged my client a no-show fee and then fired her or something. Mm -hmm. It's just like this snarky, like rude kind of thing. And the story goes, her client was going to be late for her appointment. She texted her like, I'm so sorry. I have a flat tire. I'm going to be like 15 minutes late for a three-hour appointment. Can I still come? And the stylist gets the text like, at the time of the appointment. And it was like, yes, come on down. And the and then the client was like, oh, well, I was waiting for you to respond. So I'm leaving now. I'll actually be there in like 25 minutes. And then the stylist- I know exactly
1: the post that you're talking okay, about. Okay,
0: okay. And then she was like, actually don't come, you missed it. And you're getting charged for your entire appointment. And so, and then she goes on to like reveal like this letter that she gets from her client after where the client is basically like, I've been coming to you for years. I love you. I've never been late before. I cannot believe that you treated me like this. And the stylist was trying to use it as like an example to set boundaries. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I disagree so strongly with this. Like you're full on client shaming this person. And like, I don't know. I just." I, I, uh, yeah. Tell me your thoughts about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, if I, I, think I remember this exact one and while I, well, I think she handled it professional, I just question whether that policy is professional. Yes. Yes,
0: exactly. I
1: just don't know anybody that would do that to me. And right. I see a lot of people that have cancellation policies. My chiropractor has a cancellation policy. Um, but if I'm being honest, what we're really more on par with is a really nice restaurant. hmm Yes. Yes. I, I really think, you know, because there's there's a whole range, right? You can go to McDonald's mm-hmm. or you can go someplace that's 150, 150 a plate. You know, there's mm-hmm. like the whole range of it. And those nice places, you got to make a reservation, Mm hmm. I've missed reservations. I've been late. I've never had somebody not hold the table for me. And I've certainly never had a restaurant tell me that I was not welcome back.
0: Right. Right. That's an interesting analogy. Yeah. Because a lot of people want to, including me, have equated us to. Yeah. Like dentists and doctors like um, I know I've complained before, like you'd never no show your dentist. And I'm like, well, people do actually no show their dentist. Oh, no, my, my dentist
1: you know. actually has a no show. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right, right. And that's kind of a yeah. new thing, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I agree. The the restaurant analogy is is good. Now, I I have fired clients before, oh, but it yeah. was like you really got to do me wrong for me to say like I'm really sorry. This is just not working out for me, you know. I'm I'm losing money and yeah. whatever. There's a way yeah. to go about it. It's never easy, but I just don't like that people are being coached to this like rude snarky attitude about it because again and I no think grace. It, yeah
1: no yes. grace in any of it you know there's yes. no room for no class it. yeah yeah, yeah there, there's no like not so rigid and I love a good cancellation policy because I think a good one means you hardly ever have to use it yes yes
0: right it's and just not- a matter of like setting expectations for your clients right and it sounds like there was expectations from this client like she didn't just say hey i'm going to be late it was like i'm so sorry i'm going to be late may i still come yeah right like yeah. you know i know that i'm i'm going to be you know putting you in a pinch and then in her response letter afterwards after she got fired um, she was like, I would have been perfectly happy with like a lesser service. You know what I mean? Like, um, paying for the full price, but getting less, knowing that I took your time. And so to me, like, what more can you ask for from your yeah. clients? Like, I just feel, I, I want that client. Like if, you know, if she ever
1: hears this, I'm available. You can come to Reno, Nevada. I will see you happily. <laughs> Cause that's, that's I worked, special. I worked with a business coach at one point and she was talking about cancellation policies. And so. Her thing for that was, um, she was like, if you can price yourself to be profitable, where you want to be at 80% utilization. Okay.
0: Unpack that for me a little bit. What does that mean exactly?
1: So that, um, most of the time we look, okay. If I were like a hundred percent booked, this is what I would need to make. But she said, if you can do that in 80% utilization, then, okay she was like, so the, your price that way. Cause, and I think that's where like the restaurant thing came in. Cause she said, that's what high value restaurants do is they don't actually rely on every, like their business isn't going to die if they have five people not show up for their reservation one uh, night. Okay. Like they're not going to not hit their benchmarks because the tables weren't all full all the time. They're still going to hit them all. So they don't, you know, it's, it's built in there so that somebody will, somebody will not show and they'll still be able to make their thing. And, you know, it might just be the client say, Hey, like, I do not have time to fit you in. Here are a few stylists, you know, I mean, there's so many ways to work that. Right. Right. Like, right. If you're like, I have, a, I have a schedule. I can't see you again for three more months, but here's three girls I could send you to, you know, that's why I always think it's always really important to stay in touch with other stylists in the area yes. yes. because, you know, I think about like that situation. Cause you know, there is that, there's that, that lag, you know, I was waiting to hear from back from you. Oh, I didn't hear back from you. And now it's really, it's too late. Right. And sometimes as a stylist, you know, I cannot do what you would want. Right. It's time. And it's just not going to work. And I don't have time. Um, I can put you as first call on my cancellation list. If I have another cancellation list or, you know, right. why don't you go see Abby? I know that she can probably hook you up. My last salon that I was at, a stylist had been a commission's, um, had been there prior and then she was independent. And so, you know, how it is when you're independent, you don't have, you don't have any backup. Yeah. And so her old salon became her backup. She was like, Hey, she was like, you can call them. She's like, somebody will see you. Yes. And she was like, and if you book, she was like, I'm happy to give them your formula so that they use the same thing. Right. Right. You exactly. Know? Yeah. But there, I feel like there's so many workarounds to that cancellation policy. Oh. And yeah. I hate cancellation policies posted online because it opens up the doors for people who don't get it. Yeah. Become trolls.
0: Yes. Yes. It's just, yeah, to me, it's not necessary either. And it's like, it. I think It feels like that kind of like snarky, weird behavior of like, here's my cancellation policy. Take it or leave it. Yeah. My time's more important.
1: My money's more important. I'm more important. Yes, exactly. It feels really entitled. Yes. Because it's a tricky, it's, it's such a tricky conversation to have. I think it has to happen in person. Yes. It shouldn't happen over text. Nobody should find, nobody should find out about a cancellation policy on a screen. Like yeah. if you have one, you know what? I just, if you talk to your clients about, say, I have it. And if you explain to them in person why you have it, mm-hmm. yeah. if they're not into that and you said it to them, they right. have self-selected themselves out of your business. Right. And guess what? Now you're never going to have to enforce that.
0: Right. Now, what about this? So I totally agree with you a hundred percent. And I, th- I think that's because what we do for a living, standing behind the chair is interact with people. Right. And so it seems Authentic and genuine to have those conversations face to face because most of our interactions with our clients are face to face, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's an it's a face-to-face relationship we have with someone. It's very personal. What about these like young kids that are coming into the industry that like severely lack the social skills? to have those kind of conversations with people. I'm I'm actually like a little concerned about what's going to happen in the next like five to 10 years where these young stylists have been coached to post your cancellation policy because it's easier. It's much easier to just post it than to tell someone that. And it's I don't know what this is going to do for the like interpersonal relationships with clients and hairstylists, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know what? It is a generational thing. Um, so like I mentioned, my daughter's turning 18 this summer. And so I've stopped taking care of some things for her. So like, if she wants to schedule, she needs an appointment. She now has to take care of it. Some places don't have online scheduling and she hates that, or she has to call. And so we have scripts.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll be like,
1: I'll be like, here are some notes. This is don't get off this phone call until you know what this is. Um, I I think it will be tricky. Um, but I also feel like the pendulum has swung so far. It will have to. And I think that in the next few years, what you're going to see is like, I'm beauty, like beauty industry world. I'm kind of, I'm on the older end, you know, I'm like like over 40 and I've been at this for a while. And when I came up, it was social media wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. And, but it came along early enough in my life that it was easy for me to pick up. So it's a really unique way to have been able to see kind of like both sides of it. Mm -hmm. But I think you'll see stylists who never got that in-person stuff, just start saying, Hey, I didn't get it. You have to have it because all they've heard now was I had it and you need it, which doesn't, it just doesn't land the same. You know, I think, think we need more people willing to say I didn't have it. And this is how it hurt me because I don't know how it hurt me. I can see really easily how not having those communication skills hurts other people, but I don't know how it hurt me because it really hasn't. Right. Yeah. I wonder. So like with what I'm trying to do with my,
0: um, online courses and stuff is I'm, I'm hyper-focused on like customer service. Like literally the interactions with you and your clients and how that shapes your business and makes people feel, um, you know, trusted and valuable and all these wonderful things. But so far it's just been like scripts to use when, um, you have to ask the right questions and like what to do if something's not going as planned, all those kind of things. But I've wondered with this, um, small you know, section of the public that I'm talking about that might lack these social skills. Like, I wonder if they even need, like, how to make eye contact or like when, like touch your client as soon as they come in, you know what I mean? There's all these like things that, um, to me are second nature, right? Right. Someone comes in, hi, how's it going? I shake their hand or put my hand on their arm, come Mm -hmm. on over, you know, and I'm immediately touching them and talking to them and eye contacting them and, um, like little social cues that I feel like these, these young people are lacking. And I'm like, do I need to include that in my teaching? Is that a thing?
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? What I would, it's, it's so funny. I was out with, um, I was out with my niece a while ago and I ran into an old client of mine. Um, and I am person in my personal life. I am not touchy feely. Like, that, was, that was a big hurdle for me to overcome in this industry was like, I was going to be touching people. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, I have to touch them. Uh-huh. And I, like, I had to realize that people were going to want to hug me. And I was like, like, <laughs> what do I do? Because I did not come from a family of huggers. Like, I think my dad has hugged me. I could probably count on one hand. Same. Sure, it would not take me more than two. It would not be needing to borrow a hand to count that. So, um, that part, like I can empathize with, I literally had to learn how, but she was so funny. She was like, she was like, you like touched his arm while you were talking to him. She was like, she was like, that was weird. I never see you do that. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I ran into him like he is my client. And so, you know, I just, I bounced right back into it. It was funny almost. But, um, I think that that's useful because Mm -hmm. even, I don't even know if that's so much generational because I super identify with that, you know, and you know just getting pe getting yourself comfortable with like that kind of contact yes. and creating trust that way and yeah um, i would say you know i think that's like one of the best parts about social media that is overlooked a little bit from a stylist perspective is it does allow you like if you can get comfortable making like eye ton- eye contact with that camera yeah people feel like they've had eye contact with you already when they sit in your chair and they come in with a higher level of confidence and trust with you. Mm, and mm. a lot of times you get to start out on that same place that you would be on, like appointment two or three, you know, just like starting out on the third day, you know. <laughs> Wait, let's get the hand holding out of the way. We're going to be making out.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. We're going to get to third base. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, Yeah. So like looking into the camera is, is hard when you're first figuring out how to do this, which is funny as I'm saying this, I'm like hyper aware of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I almost feel like So I'm not a touchy-feely person in my personal life either. Um, Sorry, there's something in my eye. Um, Except for my kids, obviously. I'm like, bobbering on them. And they're like, mom, get away from me. But like, you can ask any of my friends growing up, like, I am just not like super huggy and touchy and lovey. And like, I won't say no. If someone comes in for a hug, I'm not going to be like, oh, get away from me. But I'm not going to initiate it usually. Um, whereas when I step into the salon and I put on my like professional crystal hat, it's like something switches in my brain. And I think I must've learned early on without even realizing what I was doing, that touching people immediately makes them relax and trust you. Right. And so I, I very am touchy with my clients. You know, anytime I talk to them, I'm like, I have a hand on them or an arm on them or whatever. Um, Interesting. I never, I haven't thought about this till like right now. And I'm like, Ooh, I should, I'm like, how do you coach people to do that online? Unless I could literally just show videos of like how to touch people, how to touch your
1: clients, you know? Like, I think that that's huge. Gosh. Just like, but also like if you've, and it's, um, it's so funny. Like you also, you forget what it's like to be a client. Mm Mm-hmm. I went with, uh, this was years ago. I went with my grandma to get a shampoo and a blow dry and like the touch was not confident. Right. From the very beginning handshake. I mean, she started out with a handshake, mm-hmm. you know, cause we had never met, you know, keeping it like very professional. And I was just like, oh, well, she's not a handshaker, you know? <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh, she's not really like a shampooer huh. and it was all very timid. From yeah. the very beginning, which honestly set my expectation from the very beginning very low. I mm. did not have high expectations of what my blow dry was going to be about. Right, I mean, it right. Kind of came true. It was right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, because she's if yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. My my wheels are just like spinning right now because I'm like yeah. Obviously, like the way that you present yourself physically and touch people is probably a um what's the word? It's like an indicator of your, your confidence. And so if you, you don't want to be like that guy that shakes people's hands. It's like, nice to meet you. And like comes in. Like breaking like, your hand. Like a like little, a yeah.
1: Adjustment. Yeah.
0: No, we don't need that. Um, but like confidently, like, hello, I am here and I'm
1: not going to be awkward. I, you know, I yeah. have something to give you. Right. Yeah. Um, or even just, yeah, like for me, it was, it was the touch on the arm. Like, yeah. that's what it was for me. Like, um, and that helped me settle into the appointment too. Yes. You know, it it kind of I'm like, okay. Cause you feel how like are they are they receptive to your touch? And it just kind of, but that was I but I had to learn it and I learned it as an adult. hmm You know. Yes. Yeah. I had to really learn it as an adult. I was like almost 30, I think, before I felt like I kind of even got a good handle on it.
0: Okay. I know for me, like beauty school was probably the eye opener for me. Um, My beauty school that I went to was like a local community college funded beauty school. Yeah. And they had partnered with the um, senior citizen, like housing development down the street And so we had our like regulars that came in, you know, for their shampoo blow dries, including the men, they came in and got like pedicures and stuff. And like, they melted the second I would touch them. They all did, right? Like for a manicure, the second you touch their hands, they're like, oh, that just feels so good because they're old and they don't really care about saying things out loud. You know what I mean? So like us, we may be like, oh man, that feels really good. But we have like our inner thoughts about it. Whereas they're just like... Moaning in the shampoo bowl, and you're like shampooing them, like, Oh my God, am I really having this effect on someone? And they're just like, This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I, get, I think that's where I figured out, like, okay, I got to lean into this because this person immediately likes me and trusts me more. Yeah. And like to circle back to the client shaming behavior, I feel like when you enter that like no trust with someone, you're probably not going to shame them. They're going to appreciate you and value you and it's going to be a better relationship as a whole. And so I wonder for these people that are struggling with like how to behave with their clients, maybe they need some coaching on touching, you know, and like trusting behavior with their clients.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I think I I think that, you know, like it's just kind of anything and you know, when I talked about, I didn't get into my thirties, I was skating on technical talent alone. Like, so I wasn't even trying, honestly, I wasn't even trying with the other stuff. And, um, I just decided that like, I just got to get over this. I, cause I saw the relationships that other stylists were having with their clients. And I was like, like, I would kind of like that to not feel, I, I would like, because it comes back to you. Right? right. Like whatever energy, like you give to somebody that like goodness from them, mm-hmm. it comes back to you like more. Yeah. Like, so if you're feeling physically drained and this is a physically demanding job, i not it feel nice to get like a little bit of like spiritual, like energy boost from the person. Like they take all, but right. you technical stuff, you're never going to, you're never going to get it back it's funny. It doesn't I actually, come back. I
0: No. Yeah. I, I had the like opposite trajectory in my career where like, I think I was surviving off of my people skills and my
1: social skills oh, yeah. before I had the hair skills, right? I tell everybody, nobody's coming to you for good hair because I see right. so much bad hair. i right. worked in salons with stylists that were booked. They were like frying everybody's hair. I'm like, those highlights were not great. (laughs) I don't want to be too critical, but like, right. That's not healthy. Right. Right. It didn't matter. Their people loved them and they were glowing, you know, writing these effusive, like beautiful reviews. And I'm sitting here thinking, don't they know? No, they don't. And they don't care.
0: And because they, don't they
1: care. really loved how they felt sitting in your chair.
0: Yes. Yes. Because I think it all comes back to like, we are service providers and most of the service that we are providing is like human connection. That's why we don't have robots that do our hair. You know what I mean? There, there could be, actually, I saw a video. It was probably in like Japan or something of this. I saw it. The guy getting the haircut with the robot thing. Yes so creepy and he looked so uncomfortable. His head is like poking out of this little thing, but I'm like, oh shit, look at that. There's hair cutting robots now. But they're never gonna they're never gonna blow up because people want those connections. So I think as it's long like as the
1: massage chairs,
0: yeah, or like the
1: water massage thing that they yeah. have at places, no, yeah, people not the, the same. No,
0: you want hands on you because there's something like spiritual about it, like you were yeah. saying. There's like an energy transfer. So I don't know how to bring that message to everyone that's lacking that. But my God, we need it. You know, yeah. oh, fascinating. Well, um. I think we covered everything. And this was really awesome. Yeah, Um, this was fun. Yeah. We should do this again once you um, have your stuff launched. You know what you should do, I will, um, I'm gonna use your your product and your system and then we'll come back in like six months and I'll be able to talk about how amazing it's working for me. <laughs> Cause I'm blowing up like crazy, I think that'd be great. Um, cool, okay, well, unless you had anything else to add for that, oh, I'm gonna ask you, um, I didn't even bring up your business name. So oh, tell yeah. me your,
1: who you are on social media, your business name and where people yeah. can find you. So it's 40 volume marketing. Just kind of, uh, so I chose the name because it was like, like forty volume. First of all, it's like people feel a little afraid of it, but it's what you. as a seasoned stylist. It's what you reach for when you need to get the job done. Yeah. And okay. You so don't have a
0: lot of time for anyone that's not a hairstylist. 40 volume, uh, is a strength of developer that we use in hair color. That's like slap you in the ass, get it done quick kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a wham, bam.
1: Thank you, ma'am. Yes. yes. Like, <laughs> down and dirty. Yeah. Yes.
0: I love it. So it's 40 yeah. volume marketing. Sorry. Cut yeah. you off.
1: No, yeah, no, no, no. And, uh, so it's at 40 volume marketing just all together, No doubt. Okay. Spaces on Instagram. Um, it's pretty much the same content on Facebook as well. Uh, I would say Instagram. is where to find me. Okay. Are you on TikTok also? I am on TikTok.
0: Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. What about what about YouTube? Um, I know you mentioned YouTube shorts. Have you done any of those? Are you on? Okay. I
1: haven't done it yet. I keep thinking about it and then I get sidetracked. So that might be that might be a Q two. Uh-huh. Okay, so 40 volume marketing
0: on Instagram. Do you have a link to like a website with like an email waitlist or opt-in or anything? Yeah, right
1: now if you go to 40volumemarketing.com, there is it's a waitlist for the 40 volume marketing salon formula, which is the course, and right now when you sign up, I have I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's 65 <laughs> caption prompts. Ooh. Or nice. or caption out, caption templates. 65 okay. caption templates that you get when you sign up. So awesome.
0: Love it. I will put links to that in the show notes for the podcast as well. So fantastic, Macy. Thank you so much. And, um, I know I'm going to talk to you in the meantime, but until next time on the podcast, we'll see you later there she does it, my friend. That was my interview with Macy. I hope that was as fun for you as it was for me. And, um, you can tell, I bet in that interview that I'm a little more casual with Macy because I, I feel like I know her a little bit better than some of my podcast, uh, guests. So hope that was fun and entertaining for you because it was super fun for me to record. So anyway, um, no client shaming and social media keys. Got it. Got it. Okay, my friends, you have a wonderful hair day, and I will see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey, friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free